Thanks for tuning in on Apple or Spotify to listen to another brand new episode of The Eye Test. Before we start the show, please take five seconds to leave a review. Since we don't sell you anything, this is the best way to help us grow. We would really appreciate it. Thanks again, and enjoy the episode. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Eye Test brought to you by Belly Up Media. I'm here with Bobby Amendola, and today we are doing the Week 2 Fantasy Awards. And honestly, Week 2, Bobby, so much better than Week 1. So much better than week one. So much scoring. I swear in our fantasy league, like every team scored like 130 points and over aside from a couple. There was yeah. a ridiculous amount of scoring that you're just not used to. It felt how I was expecting week one to be. <laughs> but week one was just a disaster where like four or five teams from every league I was in was under 100 points, which is unheard of. So, yeah, it was nice to go back to normalcy here. So we're doing week two fantasy awards. Today's awards are the week winner again. We got to do the week winner. Who's Always. that going to be? We got the most improved player from week one, and maybe that gets them out of the doghouse. We'll talk about that in tomorrow's episode. Biggest surprise again. Of course, every week there's going to be a surprise. Who are those players? We've got a new award today, the Neighborhood Watch. These are the players that our antenna is up. They may have an excuse or two, but we're watching them very closely. And a couple more weeks like this could give them the next award, which is to the doghouse, Bob. We got to send two players to the doghouse, a free ticket, not even up for debate. And that'll be on tomorrow's episode. So make sure you subscribe to our channel so that you can get notified for when we post that. But let's get started here, Bob. We're going with the week winner here. And you want to give it a go? Yeah. I first want to say there could have been numerous wow. amounts of week winners in week two. There were, it seems like at least five wide receivers had 30-point games this week. Unfortunately, I only get to pick one, and I'm going with Keenan Allen here. He was the wide receiver one this week. Eight catches, 111 yards, and two touchdowns, which Keenan Allen isn't really known for getting touchdowns. He's known for catching a lot of passes and putting up a lot of PPR numbers. But it seems like in this Chargers offense, he's going to have a lot more opportunities to score touchdowns. And that means he's going to be an easy wide receiver one week in and week out. Yeah, the, the Chargers offense, as predicted, is looking lethal. I know they're struggling to win games, but hey, if Keenan Allen is catching passes, it's, it's helping whoever owns him in fantasy win some games. So congrats to Keenan Allen for winning. I'm going to go ahead and hand this award to Mike Evans. I mean, when is he going to stop just being that deep ball god? And no one thought that he was going to continue his thousand yard streak this year with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback, which he might be in the discussion for biggest surprise. Stay tuned to find yeah. that one out. I mean, geez, very typical stat line for Mike Evans, you know, besides the amount of yards that he got, but in terms of volume, six catches, eight targets, love to see that week one, six catches, 10 targets. So he's getting that volume. But he's that deep ball threat, which Chris Godwin is not. I think that's the reason that Godwin was drafted before him, 
was because they were expecting Baker Mayfield to just throw the ball 10 yards and have Chris Godwin be the volume guy. And then, of course, a touchdown. And I, the touchdown that he scored was like a 70-yard bomb. So love to see that, especially in leagues where you have 40-yard bonus points. That is a nice little boost. So congratulations to Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. Yeah, I will say, though, about Mike Evans is, although I've definitely been proven wrong up up to this point, he has played two of the worst defenses in the NFL his first two weeks in the Vikings and the Bears. So although he's exceeded expectations so far, I would maybe caution to temper expectations a little bit as the schedule. I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but it's probably going to get a little more difficult as the season goes on. Yeah, especially if you're a fantasy owner of him, you are running into a three-week obstacle here where you got Philly, New Orleans, and then a bye week. So yeah, it could be some low-scoring games. Two and, good defenses. Two very good defenses, actually. Yep. And guaranteed zero points in week five, which stinks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, possibly week three and four, too. All right, let's go on over to the most improved, Bob. Who's the most improved player from week one? I mean, it, it's hard to not improve from putting up a goose egg in week yeah. one. But the reason that T. Higgins was everyone, especially us, were on him so much in week one is because he was targeted eight times and still put up a goose egg. But he came back strong. He put up 28 fantasy points, two touchdowns. He was Burrow's go-to target in this game, in a game that Burrow still didn't look like himself and a game that Jamar Chase really struggled as well. We'll talk about him later. Not really sure what's going on there with them. But T. Higgins bounced back really strong this week. And I think you could kind of now you could kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Maybe you don't expect 28 points every single week, but you're like, okay, T. Higgins isn't going to be putting up single digits anymore or goose eggs. Yeah, that was a scary week one for T. Higgins. But as expected, he was like a what he was third round receiver, right? Second. I think late, late second, early third yeah. at the latest. So, good job for him. This guy most improved was in the doghouse last week. You can go back to our channel and check that episode out, but different than why T Higgins was in the doghouse. This guy wasn't used at all. He had no volume and that's Deandre Swift. So the opposite reason he went in the doghouse was we were like, is Deandre Swift even going to be utilized in this Eagles offense? Kenny Gainwell getting injured certainly helped. And in return, DeAndre Swift was in 75% of the snaps ran for 175 yards. The most by a rookie or the, the most by an Eagle running back since LaShawn McCoy in 2013, which if you're being compared to LaShawn McCoy, good for you. And then of course he scored a late touchdown on the goal line, but of course that boosted his fantasy points from like 23 to 29. So DeAndre Swift looking great, not really being utilized in the passing game though. However, he did go three for three. So he is catching the ball, although he's not really going anywhere with it. At least he's getting you a three free points. There's a common theme here with a couple of these players that you named in their high scoring performances, and that's going against the Vikings defense. Dude, right. <laughs> I know. They're so bad. But DeAndre <laughs> Swift is another guy that surprised me a lot. It will be very interesting to see how the Eagles utilize him when Gainwell inevitably does come back. I agree. Yeah, they still have, uh, you know, really, they have four running backs, but they're mainly using 
two, I guess, when Gainwell comes back. It's probably going to be him and Swift running the show with a little bit of Penny and then very little of Scott. Um, and next week, Swift has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have the best uh, defense against running backs. So we will see if this streak of the swiftness continues. Let's head on over to the biggest surprise again, Bob. And honestly, DeAndre Swift was one. We mentioned Baker Mayfield, but you Swift can't win two awards. But does Baker Mayfield win this award, Bob? Baker Mayfield does not win this Ooh. award. And DeAndre Swift at least had a little bit of hype going yeah. to the Eagles in the offseason. So he had some hype heading into this fantasy season. This guy had no hype at all and was, you know, probably not going undrafted, but was being drafted in like probably the 13th, 12th round, something like that. And an injury gave him the opportunity to be the complete workhorse back in this offense. And that's where he most are. And he paid massive dividends this week, putting up 29 points, scoring two touchdowns, well over a hundred yards, you know, as we talk about all the time, those guys that you draft in the late rounds that end up doing really well can win you weeks and can win you leagues. You know, I am a little concerned about Jeff Wilson returning after he comes back off of IR, but Raheem Moster is putting you in a position early in the season to be in a good position to make the playoffs if you drafted him and you've been starting him. Yeah, and let's not forget, Mostert played – every game last year correct yeah so for I, how or did he play game, every game last year i th i think he might have if, if actually not, he played he, a lot he only missed he only missed one game last year yeah so a guy that's known for getting injured actually did play pretty much a full season last year and again if he's healthy all season long you know who knows what jeff wilson's going to be like when he gets off of ir and Seems like the Devon Achain hype has died down a little bit. He was a healthy and active in week one that he wasn't really used much this past week. So, you know, I don't really see him becoming a thing in the near future, you know, unless Moster gets hurt. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go ahead and give big a surprise to Nico Collins. I mean, ever since That's his rookie year, he was like, yeah, his rookie year, he was probably like a waiver wire guy. But last year in particular, I remember a lot of conversations being started in the offseason that other than D hop, you know, like Nico Collins could be that deep ball guy on the Texans. Now that D hop is gone, Nico Collins has had a great opportunity to stand out. And he, he has done the last two weeks, 14 points against the Ravens defense, getting 11 targets and six receptions. And then against the Colts, nine targets and seven receptions playing about 65% of the snaps each week. And then of course he comes off with 146 yards and one touchdown. So many deep balls this week and Nico mm -hmm. Collins is fast. He can do it. He's explosive. All we're relying on is that CJ Stroud can get it to him. And CJ Stroud is looking pretty good for two games into his season. Week one was a little shaky, but week two was much better. So props to the Texans. And then, you know, both, Young receivers, Tank Dell and Nico Collins, looking very good against that Colts defense this week. Yeah, again, another guy that could have, like I said earlier, that could have been a week winner if you, chances are if you didn't, probably didn't yeah. start him. But if you did, you definitely won your matchup that week. 
because he's just not a guy that you would expect to go off for 30 points, especially with a rookie quarterback. But yeah, the Texans have surprised me and Stroud has surprised me. We'll see if it continues, though. Yeah. And you got to think, I mean, leagues with three wide receiver or two flex, there is a chance that Nico Collins was in the starting lineup and helped you win a week. So Nico Collins, 24 years old, he is looking good as long as he continue to pick this up. He's got Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Falcons. So yeah. there are pretty decent defenses there. Yeah. All right. We are on to our fourth award. This is the Neighborhood Watch Award, Bob. So what player has you – he's got close eyes on him. He's on thin ice. Yeah, I hate to put him here because it's a little unfair – but he definitely deserves it because he's been healthy up until this point. And from all indications, he is 100% healthy. But he is coming off a serious injury, and that's Javante Williams. You know, he's been getting a lot. Of, he played, actually, he hasn't even played 50% of the snaps yet, you know, in either game. But when he has, or, you know, the first two weeks, he hasn't even put up 10 points. And I think the thing that's a little concerning, you know, maybe Sean Payton's just waiting to unleash him to when, you know, little later in the season, but he hasn't really been catching many passes. And I think that's the thing that he was really known for what a lot of fantasy managers were hoping that he was going to be doing. And he really hasn't been doing that. He's been running the ball pretty well, you know, four yards of carry week one, actually, you know, he was under four yards this week. So, you know, really not great rushing stats so far. And you would think that the passes would go his way, but they haven't been. Maybe that's just the way Sean Payton's, you know, running the Denver offense right now. But, you know, I expect him to be better later in the season, but he's definitely a guy that if you've been starting him to this point that you may want to consider benching him until he actually shows you that he could produce, you know, at minimum 10 to 12 points. Yeah, I think what a lot of fantasy managers struggle with is like, the fantasy denial where like mm -hmm. they were all in on a guy, maybe they reached on him and they think that they need to start him. It's like, look, bench him. And if he does really well on your bench, then it's like, all right, like maybe he, you, you have a plenty more weeks to, to start him again, but you're going to thank yourself. If he puts up a dud and he's on your bench, you're going to feel very intelligent as a fantasy manager, which really pays off. So it's okay to realize when you're wrong. Count your losses in fantasy. It will act. It can actually help you win <laughs> weeks by doing yeah. that. So yeah, Javante Williams. I would recommend benching him too. Would you recommend benching this guy? I mean, you probably drafted him in the eighth round. That's Deshaun Watson. I'm gonna put him on neighborhood watch. He. What do you think? I I think he deserves to be on neighborhood watch. Yes. The mm -hmm. performance wasn't good last now, night. He is, he is going against the Titans next week. So that is kind of tough to bench him there, especially, you know, it depends what your quarterback situation looks like, but yeah, I mean, he had a solid performance against Cincinnati scoring almost 22 points, but then puts up a, a really bad game against the Steelers with, with six points. One of them was that first play of the game. It was a pick six off of a crazy deflection. I mean, like the ball was covered in butter last night. Like yeah. everyone was intercepting it and then it was getting popped out of their hands and then into another guy's hands or they were 
forcing a fumble and then it got into, then they recovered it and then it got into the other team's hands. It was just like back and forth. The ball was just moving around. So not all Deshaun Watson's fault. However, in terms of fantasy, he put up six points. And, you know, if you have two turnovers, I've seen plenty of quarterbacks with two turnovers like Josh Allen, and they can still put up 20 points. So like Deshaun Watson threw one touchdown and didn't really have any rushing upside and threw for 230 yards. So it's like, hey, if you can up that a little bit and use your wide receiver one, Amari Cooper, uh, a little more, <laughs> then yeah. Sounds <laughs> personal. Maybe you'll score more. I actually benched Amari Cooper, so it was actually the smart move by one yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, well, he was supposed to like, wasn't he supposed to be out? It was a game time decision, and it's like you can't risk that on Monday Night Football. Yeah, of like, course started uh Marquise Brown and he got one more point than Amari Cooper. So I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. I think Deshaun Watson has, you know, I feel like he may never return to that form that he was before, you know, all the legal stuff, you know, I think it's unrealistic to expect that, but I also think there's people like, on both ends of the spectrum that are like, he's got to return to like what he was before or he's a bust or he's just like completely washed. Like he's still a capable, you know, fantasy quarterback, you know, especially when he has the rushing upside, he just didn't have it last night. And if you're in a league that doesn't count pick sixes as minus six, then he ended up with 12 points. So it's not really a complete bust. You know, yeah. you want more out of your QB one than 12 points, but you can't have single digit points if you're in a league with pick six as minus six. Exactly. So Javante Williams, Deshaun Watson, we're watching you. There's a chance you could get this next award, which is our negative award to the doghouse. Two free tickets to the doghouse airing tomorrow on youtube who is getting that free ride bob i hate to say it i wanted to, i gave you a freebie i gave you a pass after week one but i can't give you a pass after week two the expectations are way too high and that's jamar chase not even putting up yep. a 10 point game yet through two weeks it's just you know for a guy that was being drafted you know second overall third overall really at the latest like it's just not good enough from a fantasy perspective so he's going in the doghouse yeah i mean second overall pick in most leagues you're expecting a 20 point game from the rip especially if your quarterback is joe burrow and those two are just not looking good yeah t higgins was able to get out of the doghouse and go into probation but jamar chase and we gave him the chance like you said and not that I'm saying, you know, I expect him to put up bigger numbers as the year goes on. But I mean, he doesn't deserve this much of a pass. So to the doghouse, no. Jamar Chase goes to the doghouse. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and hand Khalil Herbert a ticket to the doghouse. Quite honestly, surprised we didn't do it last week. I think the reason, although not nearly drafted as high as Jamar Chase, I think it was just like week one. He was like a six round pick or whatever, but the expectations were high. Now that Monco was no longer on that bears offense, we were expecting Khalil Herbert to take over as the workhorse RB one, but 
then the offensive line on the Chicago Bears decided just not to operate. And they made moves in the offseason to boost their offensive line. And it's just horrible. I mean, the Bears are looking so bad. And they're not even giving Khalil Herbert the opportunity to look good. Although on week one, Roshan Johnson was the star running back of the team. They're both not getting that much volume. Under like 10 carries, under 5 carries, I believe, for Khalil Herbert this week. Not being involved in the passing game at all. Is it the offensive line's fault? Is it... Khalil Herbert's fault we don't really know but one thing that I think I'm catching on to is that Khalil Herbert is not a workhorse running back he was the fill-in guy for when Monko was injured and that's when he looked good which makes sense you're resting every week you're not getting that much volume you have your chance to shine and you get that momentum boost now all the pressure's on Khalil Herbert and he is not able to perform well so he's going right to the doghouse sitting right next to Justin Fields too sitting right next to Jamar Chase also and <laughs> yeah. Joe Burrow yep Jamar Chase is uh tagging out T Higgins so uh T Higgins will be going into probation we'll talk about that more in tomorrow's episode we appreciate everyone watching this on YouTube listening on Spotify and Apple Music we'll be back tomorrow with our doghouse episode Again, this is brought to you by Belly Up Media. We will see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace.